Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. I want to welcome you today. I'm Pam Keneally, co-founder of Arise Ministries, and I'm thrilled to be able to visit with Linda Ransom Jacobs, author of Divorce Care for Kids, certainly one of America's leading advocates for single mothers today. And what a joy, Linda, to get to visit with you while you're passing through town, and uh, thank you for giving me your time today. I'm excited so, to be here and connect with you again I know. all these years. And it's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> so here we go. But today I wanted to talk about the children, because you are an expert at children, and you know what? I tell single moms all the time, the only thing they care about are my kids going to be okay. Uh, that is number one, and and rightly so. And so... If we would just listen to your advice and do what Linda says, then you are you are on the receiving end of not having many regrets. And so I want to, you to be able to glean from this woman of wisdom today. So, Linda, I want to talk about what uh, pa- children of single parents need the most in the home. I mean, I know they need so much, but if we could narrow it down to five or six important things, I want you to us to go through it and let's just talk about some things that you think are Number one, so you just go. I think the number one thing, and single parents or single moms are not going to realize this, but let me explain it a little bit. The number one thing they need is relationships. And you think you're a single mom, you have you naturally have a relationship with your child. And while that's kind of true, children need deep relationships with you. And so they, you have to share your child with somebody else, and a husband or a boyfriend or whatever, or maybe grandparents. So that's why your children, you need to deepen that relationship with your children. And to do that, you've got to connect with your child. You've got to talk to them. And I know you're a single mom. You get up early. You go to work. You work all day long. You have so much on your plate. You're exhausted when you come home. You have to do everything, and you do it alone. You do the major planning alone. You make decisions alone. You you talk to the, you go to the school conferences alone. You go to the school concerts alone. You do everything alone. But many times we just get so caught up in our world, we forget the relationship with the child. So talking to these children, loving your child, and helping your child to know that there's nothing that they can tell you that you won't, let me rephrase that, that your child can say anything to you that they want to say, and you'll accept it, and you'll talk to them. I'll never, ever forget when my daughter was a senior in high school and came home, and by this time, <clears throat> uh, her dad left when she was 12. So she came home, and she goes, you know, Mom, there's this girl in school, and she can't talk to her mom. And I told her she can talk to you, mm. that anybody can talk to you. Right. And, oh, my heart just swelled that my daughter said that. Mm-hmm. So that's the relationship you want your children, that your children will bring their friends home to talk to you. Yes. And what happened with this girl? I said, what's her problem? She goes, well, she's pregnant. And you, I said, you know what? I'm going to tell her. She goes, I know you're going to tell her to talk to her mom, but she needs to talk to somebody first before she talks mm-hmm. to her mom. Right. Mm-hmm. So you need those deep relationships with your kids, 2, 6, 10, 12, 14 you need to deepen that relationship, and you can only do that by spending time together, communicating, talking together. And something else single parents, single moms need to do is develop rituals. Rituals are the emotional glue that holds relationships together. So rituals when you, I, I don't know, one lady did said she did a sweet dream ritual, and I was like, what do you mean? She goes, after she came to one of my comments, she goes, well, when I pick my daughter up every day at school, I take her a bottle of water because children under stress are dehydrated, so you need a lot of water in your life. She says, I take a bottle of water, and I would say, what are your dreams? 
and it started out that way, and now we just talk. That's how we talk every day after school. And so she said, the other day I had to say, Grandma's going to come pick you up. She goes, is she bringing my sweet dream water? Oh. <laughs> she said, all it is is a bottle that we fill up with water, yeah. and then we talk. But yes. it's a means of talking. So any way you can think of some rituals to help you talk, like when your child leaves to go visit the other father or the other parent, you say, have a wonderful time this weekend, I love you. Or you do a fist bump, or you do a high five, or you do a hug. Whatever. My 17-year-old grandson lives with me now, um, and uh, every he's a, uh, in high school, and every morning he comes and gives me a hug before he leaves. And I go, I love you, Gage. He goes, I love you too, Nana, every <laughs> single day. Oh, uh-huh. So That's these so kids need to be hugged. They need to be touched. And many times as a single mom, we forget that our elementary age boys need to be touched. I know with my own son... I also, all of a sudden one day when he was like fifth grade, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't remember the last time I hugged Brian. You know, because you get busy and it gets kind of awkward the older they get and everything. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of gave him a side hug. And the next day I was sitting on the couch and he came up and he put his arm around my neck and he just squeezed me real tight and oh. hugged me. And that was the beginning. Yes. We just had forgotten to touch yes. and hug each other. Yes. So they need relationships. They need touch. Hold their hand when you're walking down the street. Uh, whenever you're watching TV, sit next to each other, with, hold their hands, uh, uh, touch their elbow. But they need you to touch, relationship touch. They need rituals. They need to connect with you, and they need to contribute to your environment. Okay. That means they need to be doing things in your home to help you lead that home. I tell single moms, if you're doing the, all the laundry and you're doing all the shopping and all the grocery planning and all the meal planning and all the cleaning of the house, you're going to wear out very, very quickly. And these children need to be doing those things. They need to be doing their own laundry. The, you know, from the time a child goes to start school, you can set an alarm clock for them in their bedroom, and they can get themselves up. They can lay their clothes out the night before. They can get themselves up. They can brush their teeth. They can even fix breakfast. It's first and second and third grade. Mm. Uh, my sons, my children fixed their lunch from the very beginning. Early on, they started fixing their lunch. They did all their own laundry. Um, when my daughter was, um, when I taught my kids how to do their laundry, my son, he would sort his clothes and everything. But my daughter, she would just wait. And she was in middle school. And so she would just wait, and her clothes began to pile up. And, and it was <laughs> killing me not to say anything. But I was like, no, this is her responsibility. And so one day she rushes in and she throws. That night she threw everything in the washing machine, <laughs> every color, everything. And then the next morning she was always late getting up, and I didn't get her up. And it was one of those Oklahoma mornings where it got really cold the next morning. It had been fairly decent the day before. And she comes rushing downstairs. She goes, did you put my clothes in the dryer? I was like, mm, I don't believe it was my day to do your chores. Uh-huh. And so she throws everything in the dryer, which she could have just put one or two things in the dryer. Yes. But she threw everything in the dryer. <laughs> And then the bus is coming down the street, and she didn't have the clothes to wear. So she's standing out in a freezing Oklahoma morning with jeans that are wet, seams are wet, the waist is wet. She had on a light summer shirt. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And I knew she was freezing. But you know what? That was her responsibility. Yes, and she learned through and that. And she learned a hard lesson through consequence. that. Yes, yeah. yeah. So oh. don't pick up the pieces. Let them experience the natural consequences of their actions. And so it's their morning to fix breakfast, and they don't come fix breakfast. You eat breakfast, then maybe they just don't eat breakfast that morning. <laughs> They'll live, won't they? <laughs> They'll live. They'll get through one day without eating breakfast. Yes. They forget their lunch money. Don't take it to them at school. Mm-hmm. 
So you have to teach them to be responsible. And so they need to be contributing to your home. And when they contribute, they feel like they belong. Yes. Because they're contributing yes, to the environment. That, that's a great one. These are great, great things to remember. How about, um, you mentioned um, uh, rituals. Uh, did you mention routines? Or you mentioned one of them. Did you mention both of those? No, I just said rituals. Children do need consistent routines. Routine. Tell me about that. When you have a routine and you, um, when you're a child in a single parent home and you have to visit the other home, you need a routine in your home so the child feels safe, so they know what's coming next. When children don't know what's coming next, they don't feel safe. It's like if you were to go in for surgery, if you could be guaranteed that, that, that you're going to be okay at the end, if you could be guaranteed that you wouldn't say things under anesthetic that you didn't want people to hear, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you'd be guaranteed all these things, you wouldn't be so nervous going into surgery. Mm-hmm. But it's the fear of the unknown that makes us nervous. And so these children, they need routines. They need to know what's coming next. So whether that's a morning routine, uh, when you come home after school routine, before you go to bed routine, a morning and bedtime routines are the most important ones to get started. Mm -hmm. Very good. I love that. Morning and bedtime both. That's wonderful. And moms, that's certainly within your control and power to do that. What about children who um, are all pent up with feelings and and they're afraid to talk to their mom about it. What what's uh, what can a mom do about that? And why is that important for them to? Well, let's back up just that. a little bit. The reason they might be fearful of talking to the mom about fit their feelings is they don't want to hurt mom's feelings, because they know mom might be hurting. And so, a lot of little kids they want to be strong for the mom, and so they will not let down on their feelings because they don't want to hurt the mom. The other reason is they just don't know how to express their feelings. So we have to model that for our children. We have to model our feelings. We have to model happy, being sad, being angry, being confused. You know, out of all the feelings that most little kids know what anger, they know what being mad is, they know what being sad is, they know what being bored is. That's a big one. They always say they're bored because they don't know what else to say. And the other one that I've never seen any research on, but all the children I've talked to that have gone through a divorce, they're confused. And we never address confusion with these children. And that's a big feeling. I mean, you it may is. not think it's an emotion, but being confused when you're confused, you don't know which way is up, that affects everything in your life. So um, helping your children express their feelings. So, uh, so what, did, what happened to you? Tell me one thing today that made you happy today. Tell me one thing you did today that showed that you were a kind person. See, kindness is another big issue that mm-hmm. we need to work on with our children. And, um, and because we don't want our kids to be bullies, we know there's some of them are being bullied, but we really need to work on kindness. So what was something that you did today that was kind? Or in your home, when one child does something, you can say, well, look at that. You did it. You set the table. That was kind. And use the words, you did it. Don't use the words, good job, good boy, things. But you did it describes an action that they did. And so then when maybe they pick up their sister's sweater, which might be rare, but when they do pick it up, (laughs) you did it. You picked up your sister's sweater. That was kind. Those are three words. You did it are important words to know. Yes, you did it. You did it. That's empowering, don't you think? Mm Mm-hmm. It is. There's just yeah. something empowering about you did it. And I like what you said because <clears throat> in the midst of all that, you were teaching character traits. Exactly. You know, kindness, benevolence, punctuality, those character traits. Without them knowing you were teaching them, you were instilling that in them. I like that, Linda. And what about um, another need? Just you mentioned it, but talk to me a little bit about uh, that alienation, that sense of belonging when everything's been turned upside down and, and, uh, 
just how important that is for them. Right. Um, you have to remember, you're an adult. You've gone through a separation, a divorce, or, or maybe you are never married to your child's parent. But remember all those feelings and everything that you went through. But you're an adult. You have an understanding of this. These are little kids. They don't have an understanding. They depend on their parents. And now maybe one parent's out of the picture for whatever reason. Or maybe they live, while well, we have a lot of shared parenting, they live with dad one week and live with mom one week. Dad one week, they live with, this is a very confusing lifestyle for these children. So, so we have to, we have to, like, help them get through it. And we have to okay. just help them. Right, we, work through that. Right, yeah, yes, we have we have to give them the tools that they need to yes. get through these times. Yeah. So, yeah, so connecting with them and helping them say have their feelings. But something else that we need to touch on and address is when they talk when they talk uh, when they come and they say um, something about this happened at Dad's house. What we need to say in our homes is instead of children will use this if they think they can talk bad about dad or get you riled up about dad they'll use that so you can't really address what goes on in dad's home all you can control is what goes on in your own home yes and you can go well in our family this is how we do things this is what we do when when, when you're at my house and in my family right it allows them to realize you have two families right your, your family is unique it has two you have two families and in exactly. this family we do this and in mm-hmm. that family we do something else so you know, Linda, um, last question I want to ask is just the importance for a child to feel uh, the spiritual aspect in their home, the Heavenly Father, the you know, that this home does have a helm over it. God is our Father. What can the mom do to put that safety that God is their Father in the home? What can she do? I'd like for that to be the last question. Well, I think the main thing is we can say God is the Father in our home. That's just so important. And, and then maybe find some times to have short devotions. You know, there's so many wonderful devotions now for children. There's, there's video devotions. There's simple devotions you can read. There's devotions that do science projects and, and things. There's just so much you can do to bring God's Word alive in your home. It doesn't have to be a major ordeal, but just always praying before the mealtime, praying before they go to bed, short Bible stories that they can read. But we just have to let them know that God is in control of us. Yes. And we do that by our lies, by the things that we say. And something really silly and simple is when I would go to Walmart, I would say out loud, Oh, God, please give me a parking place. Let me find a parking mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Then I found was like, Thank you, Jesus, for this parking place. Yes. <laughs> Sounds silly, but it's just a little tiny thing of making God come alive for these children. Yes, and you're making it practical, everyday practical. It's not a Sunday thing. It's just everyday practicality, making it relational to their world. Exactly. That is so wonderful. And you have to remember, they may be having a different lifestyle at the other parent's home. Mm-hmm. All you can control is your home. And when the children grow up, they'll make the decision of which lifestyle they want to go. And I'm telling you, I've seen it over and over and over and over and over, hundreds of times, that the child will go with your lifestyle because you're happy you're a compassionate person, you're a kind person, because you've stayed with the Lord and because you've made God the you've made God the father of your home. That's right. Well I just thank you so much, Linda. I hope it's an encouragement to the single mom listening that you matter, you make a difference. You have so much uh control within you as you yield to the Lord and allow him to be uh, the leader of your home. So you be encouraged today. You keep up the good work and uh Please know how much Linda and I love you as a single mom, and you just keep going, and uh, to God be the glory.
Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.